people of God now. And it is describing and talking about the things of our worship. And so let me, let me say to you, behold, in the days of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. We're coming up to the time of our fast. Believe it or not, Ash Wednesday is at the end of this month, uh, which is actually late, <laughs> but it feels like it's so soon. And for whose pleasure? Do we go about our worship? Are we like the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Are we like the priests and the scribes who, who like to wear their long white robes in the marketplace and get their attention of people as they pass by? Well, one of the most convicting parts of this reading that is read to us today comes uh, in, in the verse where it says, if you take away the yoke from your midst, and it describes it as the pointing finger. And the words spoken in evil. What is that in reference to? Certainly, maybe you've been on the end of the pointing finger and being accused of certain things that, that are not necessarily true. But how many of us have been on the other side of the finger that's pointing? You're not doing it right. Yeah. You're not religious enough. Did you did you mess up that collar that we were supposed to have in worship today? How is your fasting going? Are you fasting the way you're supposed to fast? The yoke that we put on ourselves, the pointing fingers that we share and shut. If only you were to take that away, that, that condemning finger, and, and put it away, your yoke would be easier. Maybe even your burden life. Isaiah 58, I am sad to say, was written for us, the religious. Yeah. We have our competitions in our space. We have our competitions of hymns. We have our competition of piety, of whether you, you cross yourself at the right time or you, you bow deep enough in front of the altar. I, I've, I've literally heard that from people. Was your vow enough? You know the old story of the two Missouri Synod people in the elevator. And they kept getting along and they kept going as they discovered they used the same hymnal. And they loved the same setting. But sadly, one of them knelt at the altar and the other did. <laughs> Or we fall under the conviction of the religious of the world. Our fellow Christians, that maybe our worship is not driving enough. We're a little too somber as we gather together. Maybe we just don't move the way we should be moving, and we don't build up our emotions the way we should be building them up. Pointing finger is real. 
where we hear constantly of the law that is coming down, the religious in the rest of the world, that you are not conforming to the way things should be. You yourself are not open enough as the world wants you to be. You are not pushing the boundaries enough. You are not worshiping the God of our country enough. The God of our world enough. You're not worshiping yourself enough. Have you thought about yourself recently? Have you made time for yourself? Have you encouraged other people to only think of themselves? Then you're not doing it right. The religious of this world push us into worshiping the gods in a more religious and reverent
Sermon on the Mount. You notice at the end of our reading of the Sermon on the Mount that something is actually said to us from Jesus that you must be like the Pharisees, you must be like the scribes, for, for then you can actually get into the kingdom of heaven if your righteousness exceeds theirs. And their righteousness is built on the perfect worship of God. Their righteousness is built on the ways in which they can properly describe God. They can properly issue their tithes and offerings. They can properly speak their prayers in front of others. How are we to meet and match their righteousness? How are we to stand in comparison of such religious people? I mean, some of you are wearing jeans. We can hear the words that Christ has spoken to us. You are the salt of this world. 
cannot be hidden. How could this possibly be? Because a child is to be like their father. A child is to look like their father. A child who's been made one in this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God, as a part of us that Jesus has claimed You are that child, that soft, that light. So what does this mean of our worship? What does this mean of our time and our place? There's a, a verse that's left out of our Old Testament reading. In fact, it, it stops right short of this, and I, I tried to sit there and wonder, why is that, why did they stop our reading in verse 9 and not go on to verse 10? Some of it, I think, is maybe because it's a little offensive to our ears. For you are the children of God. And here is your description of the way God has made you his. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom
pour yourself out for that mom in the pew needing help. Pour yourself out for the neighbor that you just don't like that needs help. Pour yourself out to give once more to the church. To pour yourself out from setting aside yourself and worshiping your God.